0: Hi. Welcome to episode four of the Carly Pilt Boys podcast. I'm David Ferrier. And I'm Stephen Merchant. And we are two radio boys from Australia talking about the greatest, laziest run of radio shows in the history of broadcast radio, the Ricky Gervais show on XFM London in the early 2000s. I have been a devoted listener for over a decade, but this is Zach's first time. So we're going through each week, show by show, to try to work out what makes them so memorable and why people are still listening to these shows till this day. Uh, Today's show, Series 1, Episode 4, a.k.a. Carl Thinks Giants Actually Existed. (laughs) First broadcast, December 1st, 2001. So my segment from the last episode, Zach, has survived what was in the news on this day. December 1st, 2001... Well, the, Yeah, go on. Sorry, what? I was going to say,
1: I can't believe I didn't notice this last episode as well. Surely there was one thing that was dominating headlines.
0: Well, that, we're just, you know. We're looking at pop culture, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. non non <laughs> nine no eleven related.
1: No wonder, I realized we only had one story Makes last it. episode. But well, didn't all entertainment kind of shut down
0: around the world for a period of time? Uh, by around this time, it was back up and running, like Saturday Night Live was back oh, on okay. TV uh yeah so no good point yeah. this episode by the way they do actually reference nine no, eleven. i think no, that's why it's top of mind yeah yeah uh, and it
1: did remind me of like you know i was 10 years old at the time or something like that and i was like oh yeah that's right like remember it was just like it obviously really dominated the news for what felt like years i don't know how long that was man. but when i was a kid like all the shows went off for a period of time
0: and mm-hmm were you watching famously in australia it happened while rove live was on late night talk show mm. one of the only ones we've had in, in australia were you watching it
1: no my memory is i woke up in the morning you know at 6 a.m or something and i walked out and my dad was watching which what i believe would have been quite a new idea at the time i think it was like a 24-hour news channel and he was like you've got to see this 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 is I didn't realize how historic it would be at the time. Obviously, he did realize. Yeah, and I sat there. We and went, I like, Whatever, Dad, put on
0: Dragon Ball Z. Well,
1: my memory was that I watched one of them live, but obviously that's not the case
0: because the no, times it was over. Up. Up. Yeah, but you know, I thought I had. I I, woke, I didn't see it because I was just I of course I was in bed by nine thirty. I was right. a child. Yeah. Uh, finding out the the moment I, I woke up, Mum told me. I um, remember
1: seeing I was at school and this is in Brisbane, <laughs> Australia, and that day we saw there was army helicopters going over the school. I remember asking a teacher, are they going to America? (laughs) And the teacher said, possibly. And I'm like, thinking back on it now, why wouldn't you just say no? (laughs) Like, I'm
0: like, they're not going to America? Even though I'm a primary school teacher and I don't (laughs) understand the range of helicopters, I'm going to safely assume probably not. Probably not. Uh, Yeah, so no, I'm picking a news headline which just stands out to me for some reason. So this one, Rod dropped for being too old. Rod Stewart was last night dropped by his record label for being too old. The 56-year-old songwriter was axed by Atlantic Records after bosses decided he was past his prime, insiders say. Mm. The reason I bring up Rod Stewart, you wouldn't know because this is your first time listening to these shows. Rod Stewart becomes something of... Not a feature, but he comes up again okay. throughout in the run of the show because... Uh, the Death of Georgie, which is one of his popular songs, is Carl's favourite song okay. because it tells a story. And they go through the story and there's a whole thing, Carl's opinion on uh, that gay people go out too late. And it's... I can't wait for you to hear it. <laughs>
1: the,
0: I feel like that story is dated
1: a little bit in the sense that do you think it would be a new story anymore? Like, when was the last time you heard of a record label... Having any
0: influence over anybody? Oh, whenever, yeah. Last time I heard of a record label, <laughs> full stop. Yeah. Um, quote from the comments: Ken, uh, James Kenworthy, the XFM days just caught the zeitgeist of the early 2000s so well. A simpler time. <laughs> well, yeah. I wonder if it
1: was a simpler time because that's what I think it, of when I listen back to these. Th- that's the same feeling I have. But. Um, <coughs> I kind of question it, though, because I feel like that 20 years on, everyone always thought 20 years previous was a simpler time. But is it just that's just the nature of memory?
0: Yeah, because we're talking
1: about, like you know, 9-11 was obviously a pretty significant. Well,
0: that's the time they, you know, they say America lost its innocence, right? Uh, from that sort of eighties, nineties run, I mean, it had been through World War II and, yeah. and a civil war and a cold battle of war. independence and a cold Cold War, but that that nine eleven was a real turning point. And this is just after that, so. Uh, but I think just the access to information we have now True. makes it a yeah, simpler time.
1: And also uh, the way that they talk about pop culture in this episode, when they're talking about, uh, they're talking about how they're watching. Whatever the UK's version of like
0: Australian Idol is. Like Pop Idol or something? Pop Idol, which which was the first one. Yeah. So Pop it, Idol spawned American Idol, right. Australian Idol. So, and they're talking about the first ever series of Farmer Wants a Wife yes, as well. Farmers so there's Wants two Wife. pretty significant things that are still... And it's early
1: enough that everyone's watching it. Yeah. By the fact that these two guys are watching it on a rock station who also are quite subversive and sarcastic. Like, you know, these days those types of people probably wouldn't be engaging with that type. And also because we have such a choice of content now whereas then you just watched what was ever on... The monoculture.
0: I do sort of And miss so that. that does feel like a simpler time yet where everyone was talking about the guys on Pop Idol. The closest equivalent to Australia it would be like if, if Triple J announcers were talking about did you see what happened on Maths last night, Married at First Sight? Or? That's right. Do you think
1: generally with reality TV and it's just losing influence? Like maybe just because broadcast TV is and free-to-air TV is. I feel like there was a time. I remember the first Australian Idol 2003. Massive. You know, there was all those crowds outside Sydney Opera House for the finale, like thousands and thousands of people. There's no, and not just because of COVID, but obviously people wouldn't get together like that
0: now for a TV show because of COVID. But even outside of that, I don't think they would have the same draw they once had. Big Brother viewing parties used to be a thing, but I think the only one that remains is Married at First Sight in Australia. It It is a phenomenon. Yeah, it is still getting...
1: But but the, same, but the same way, those there was a period when those... If you went on those shows, you kind of got a career. You got a job media. in radio. Well, yeah, and I feel like even... And then there was a time where it was like you went on one of these shows and you got enough Instagram followers that you could make a career out of being an influencer. But I've, you know, looked at a couple of these people who have been successful on some of these shows recently and I was like, oh, I don't think they're getting enough of a following that they could leverage that into any significant no. career
0: well you don't have tv connected at your place do you so do you even know there is a currently big brother is on right now i was aware that big brother was on yeah
1: well, I I <laughs> sometimes watch free-to-air on the apps do you yeah i, I chromecast it it's not particularly sturdy they wow, maybe yeah, there.
0: you know their so. ad delivery you know technology is not up to so i
1: watch um like sport but i think it can't handle sometimes with big sports matches i don't think it can handle the amount of people watching so it'll drop off and obviously you don't want to do that in a live program cuz like i'm trying to reconnect as quickly as i can and like something's happened it's not great mm. but i'd still rather do that than figure out how to connect <laughs> to the antenna which is always you know you know when you're scanning it takes so long. Your TV It's like trying to find the channels. It feels like I'm on a little house on the
0: prairie. You know, like it's a bygone era. I feel like I could change your life by showing you how easy it is to scan. No, I've tried. I've tried. Nah, I'm happy
1: with Chromecast.
0: Uh, Ricky brings up that Steve, uh, to Steve that the uh, most eligible bachelor, they're on the look for 50 most eligible bachelors. See,
1: even this, that's in a magazine.
0: In a magazine, yes. in
1: a hard-copied magazine, this yes. bachelor
0: search. Uh, and Carl comes in with a joke, an early joke from Carl. Is there a height restriction? Hey-oh. Great start from Carl there. He's not livid today. Uh, and we've mentioned it. Uh, Farmer went wants a wife. They're saying this new show is coming out. So Farmer wants a wife. Twenty years old. There you go. Uh, and this is from the the Wikipedia. So it was it, this was the first uh, the, the first edition of it. On ITV in two thousand and one. However, the original format uh, is likely to date back to the TV program "Bauer sucht Bäuerin," which uh, is from nineteen eighty three in Switzerland, which literally translates to "Farmer is looking for a farmer's wife." And is that German? Swiss German. Swiss um, German. That's how you make money, isn't it? Come up with a TV format. Oh, and sell it and sell it around the world. I I think that's my dream. The guy who created the. Um Real Housewives yeah. franchise has an <laughs> island. <laughs> right. And see w- how much work do you think is involved?
1: Did he come up with the concept and then have to execute it well? Or do you think sold the concept straight away, retained the rights and then it was sold around the world? Like do you what I'm saying is like, was it just a morning of coming up with an idea and then you get an island?
0: I don't know. Because
1: <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me.
0: <laughs> Sign me up. I worked at a, a TV station, TV TV network in Australia for a while. I was hmm. a digital content creator, Where and you, my I didn't know this. my desk was right near. There were two people employed, and their whole job was developing new reality formats. Wow! Because the 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 network was also a production company. Mm. I don't know why I'm keeping it a secret. It was Channel Seven, okay. so cha- like Channel Seven owned My Kitchen Rules, which was why it was such a big oh, moneymaker for them. It was made by Channel Seven studios and did you overhear any great ideas none that i've since seen yeah. but there were there i remember there was one about uh i don't know if this is confidential but who cares something that had to do with like learning how to drive there was uh that's the only one i really remember actually i was in i a, blocked that whole time of my life out my i life. was in a did
1: i tell you about this i was in a tv concept pit tv pitch concept Wait, TV concept pitch competition last year that For I almost the, re,
0: the Reg Grundy thing. Yeah, um, did I tell you about this? No, but my, another friend was in in it oh, okay. as well. Yeah, yeah, and so I was in the final five. So, I was so this, this was to pitch a game show idea, non-scripted TV format. So, reality uh, could be could be a competition. Could be, yeah. And so,
1: you know, the prize was fifty thousand dollars. I got so close. I was so annoyed. Um, top 5 I know Did you find out where in the top 5 you ended up no, placing? No, the people who won It was a show following puppies' lives And I knew as soon as I saw puppies I was like, the puppies are going to win <laughs> They're not going to They're not going to They're not going to turn down puppies You know? Yeah, how can you say down to
0: puppies? Mm-hmm. No, so I lost it Do you want to? Do you want to tell us what your idea was Or are you saving it in case you can No, you can hear my idea it was
1: um, it was basically improvised TED talks. It was called "Next Slide, Please." So comedians went on stage, or personalities, or you know, celebrities, and then they didn't know what TED talk they were delivering. And then a PowerPoint behind them would give them prompts, and they would learn as they were on stage what their TED talk was about. That's
0: a great idea. That's like thank God you're here. Yeah, cross you know. with TED talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah awesome.
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't good enough to win. <laughs> I was hoping that would be the one that I could that sell around like the world. That sounds like a top five placing idea. Do you think I could sell that to Germany? They yes. know this was my idea. I'm like, everyone knows TED Talks. Hmm. That's done in every language. I thought they could be done around the world, but, but the, you, the judging panel didn't.
0: Have you not- noticed that all the the recent successes of reality shows, Married at First Sight Aside they hit the sweet spot of they appeal to kids and adults. Mm. It's family well, friendly. mass Singer, Lego Masters, True. two prime examples. This is the idea
1: that I didn't make any leverage with. I didn't make any way with because there, there was multi levels of this competition you had to go through. But the other idea I pitched that I got nowhere with was I. So I pitched two ideas. One I wanted to do. That was the one that was actually I got somewhere with. And the second one was like what I thought they might want you know, and that was Celebrity Escape Room where there's an escape room on stage and maybe you're looking at it from the top actually that's what you're doing there's a crowd around the top like a coliseum and they're looking down on an escape room you know these games that you yeah, play on yeah. the weekend and then celebrities have to work together to try to get out of like solve puzzles and stuff like that and I was like I really just got what I thought was a popular pastime and put celebrity in front of it <laughs> and because th- I was looking at the TV guide, and I'm like that's how they've come up with these ideas right yes. <laughs> like Lego because we'll see the celebrity Lego Master sooner or later yes definitely yep. nothing No, that one didn't work. That's a great idea. You think so? Maybe we can. Maybe that can be the one we can. Well, it's a great
0: idea in that. Like, I get why you thought that that was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I don't want to make. What is? I
1: don't want to watch that. No. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I can imagine seeing that in a in a uh, on an ad for coming up hosted by Andy Lee. (laughs) Um. uh, So returning to our notes, you know what ties back nicely to this? You said. You came up with an idea you think that you you thought that they would want. Yeah. Whereas the one that you actually wanted to do was the one that was more successful. True. This radio show, the Ricky Gervais show on XFM, is about as far from doing what you think the bosses would want as you can get. Good tie back. Thank you. <sighs> Expert little landing. landing. Uh, anchor there. That's how you segue. Uh, So returning to my notes, jump in if at any point we hit something that you've got notes on as well. Because some of these are, I was just listening and I wrote things down. I wrote, Steve's Nan played the concertina. Interesting. Is
1: that, uh, what what is that as an instrument? Is that the piano accordion? That's what I was imagining. I was hoping you would know.
0: Oh, it's the little little accordion. Yeah. The little like hand one. (laughs) I just Googled an image of it. Okay, and moving on to oh, I love we get a little air check from Carl. Because yeah. when they start talking about the Constantine and Ricky says, Oh, it's it's gone all wrong again and Carl jumps in with we should have played two in a row <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you know when they, they reflect at the start of this episode that they're upset that uh, that the Steven's birthday episode the previous week, they kept going through it saying how bad it was. This is our worst one yet. And then this episode, they get really upset that when they were talking to people about the previous episode, no one agreed that it was bad. They just said, yeah, another great episode. (laughs) So they come to the conclusion that we could do anything and no one would
0: notice whether it was good or bad. And I definitely relate to that (laughs) Uh, Yes, yeah, yeah. The things that you torture yourself. Well, because you you, you do sketches and, like, much more thought out than this. And I noticed from, from my experience that... You just agonize over things and when things aren't quite as good as you think they should be. And then you ask someone, I like, no, I actually thought that was pretty good. You're like, well, I don't know what to believe anymore. It's hard. The you, you, It's obviously a lot closer to your heart than anyone else's. But we used
1: to have to write a... Rev- well, we didn't have to. Our boss asked us in the early days to send him what was on the show. And my co-host took it upon himself to not only send a run sheet, but an assessment of how everything went. And there was a running joke for a while that every, episode, every email started with... Well, that's the best episode we've ever done. because <laughs> His attitude was just like, we're just topping it and topping it and topping it. And the boss was like, I can't tell the difference between these episodes. <laughs> so it was kind of the opposite of Ricky and Steve. They thought they were going worse.
0: And mm. then no one noticed. We thought we kept getting better and better. And everyone's just like, yeah, this is pretty much the same. Something that I've learned or I've just sort of come to terms with myself Is there's no point in agonizing over things. And in fact, it's actually better just to go, fuck it, it's cool, it's good. It's a volume business. Yeah, yeah. It's better to do it than to do it right. Yeah. Which might be a little sad, but I think it's just true. Um, The first mention of Ricky Boxing in this episode. (laughs) And Steve doesn't even know the word personal trainer. Well, Pers- he calls him a personal gymnast. Is that because it wasn't a common thing to do twenty I years think ago? T- twenty years ago, the concept of the personal trainer. This is well before F forty five and hit training. And I like
1: that Ricky is embarrassed. He says that he goes red, and I feel like we wouldn't get that from Ricky no, these days. No, I think we, he'd just go. He'd just go. Well, that's what I do. Deal with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I care about, oh, I don't want to die. Mm. Um, I'm an atheist. Well, so later on, there is something else uh, in this episode that we'll come back to that I think highlights the difference between this Ricky 20 years ago and the Ricky that he's become. Do you know what I thought in that exchange, though, that was
1: interesting? It's because they're saying his ridiculous taste in music. He listens to the Rocky soundtrack while he's boxing. I love that. And then um, Carl plays a bit of the... Of the of uh, Eye of the Tiger, yeah, and it's like they don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, they're, they're, Steve's like, "What? Well, how, how did you do that?" And also, Ricky's not wearing headphones; he doesn't even hear, <laughs> it it. Doesn't hear it. But so, because. Is is it not are they playing do they not have, well, they a obviously don't have studio
0: hotkeys? Hot yeah. <laughs> they clearly not. No, still... they
1: that would be the easiest thing in the world. We could do that right now on this podcast off a laptop.
0: Oh, I have I have a, a program on my phone called Soundboard. And so the fact that they're like they're flipping
1: out that that Carl was able to play this grab from this song that they were talking about. And it's like there's a brief moment where they're in awe of Carl. And he's done something that they can't they can't
0: explain. The only time I think—correct me if I'm wrong—Carly Pilboys at Gmail. The only time a sound effect is ever used oh. in the show. It's not great. Like a, a little, a little. I've got a hotkeys page yeah. in front of me, and I'm constantly the way. To the point my boss tells me off about. Well,
1: I wondered, was he playing the song then pulling the
0: fader down? No, or was it was a, a little. It was a grab because yeah.
1: it's edited in a weird spot. Yeah. It kind
0: of—it's just like halfway da, through da, a beat. Da. Uh, so, but the, the mention of Ricky boxing. So he later goes on to compete in a charity boxing match. Okay. Ricky does against a uh, TV personality, Grant Bovey. There is actually a document, a TV special documentary cause they're doing it for charity. And he's quite famous by this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird because he would never do something like that, that now or yeah. since then. Uh, the TV special, I, I, I watched it years ago, is on YouTube. where And it's, it's Ricky training for the fight. And then the night of the fight, you see Steve in the crowd because he stands a, a full two-footer for everyone else. But um, it's a strange little moment in Ricky's career where he's not so big that he wouldn't possibly do something like that but because he, he's a fan of boxing. Oh, that, okay. That's kind of why he gets into it. And this that's is the start the of his... Music. That put, um, he's in the right age demographic too for Rocky to be really a part really, of Really, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, Carl, Ricky's always having jokes made about, joking about, and having jokes made about his weight. And he then went on to get really fit. And this is, I think, the very start of that.
1: Well, when was Rocky 2?
0: In the early 80s? Uh, good question. Well, stand by. I can edit this out and make it sound like I just knew right away once I've Googled this. Rocky 2. That's where this. 1979. Okay, older
1: than I thought. So, this, uh, that pod, that radio show to that music is the same period from what we are now to this show. 20 years. Yeah, a little bit further. Yeah, Yeah. tiny bit um, further away. The point I was going to make was like, Oh, that was actually pretty close to the time that they were doing the show, but it's not.
0: I thought it was in the mid-80s. But Ricky would have been a a late teenager when Rocky came out. I was
1: going to make this great point about how that would be like us referencing the Dark Knight trilogy. You know, it'd be similar (laughs) distance away from each other, but it's not at all. It's about 10 years.
0: 10 years off. Uh, So just ignore that. Steve Steve brings Carl in to the conversation, which I noticed. And that, like, so... He, um, he, he brings him in for the hat chat, like the conversation about what hats people have worn, <laughs> which leads to the Jolly Green Giant chat, yeah. which leads to the first bizarre moment with Carl, the first truly bizarre moment. In the earlier episode, we've had the, the that means you were 26 last week, yeah. that thing. But the first truly Carl moment when he says the stuff about how giants were about like what did they eat because they weren't just big they were like muscly big what food was around to make them because not only were they like big big but they were muscly big they, like, did they, they p- ate well they ate whole cows probably know, Carl, you know you it's know, not well documented carl is you know it? you know they don't actually exist and never have mm. okay right it's time for a feature i, think.
1: <laughs> I feel like that i've mentioned in the last episode that carl is treated unfairly and I think this is an instance because what how they treat him like that? They go, you know, giants weren't real. No, no but, I... but he's joining in with what they're doing. They're a hypothetical conversation about uh, about giants. I don't think he. Don't you? I, don't I think, think he the... actually is worried by it. I think it was just a fun no, thought I think that he way, had.
0: The way the way he's and and to Steve's credit, he hears it and he's the one who stops down to to he's the one who says, "Hang on." Because Carl's saying, talking about that, like when, when Giants were about, they weren't just big, they were muscly big, so what were they eating? And then Ricky makes a, a joke, and Carl says, hang on, you know Giants didn't actually exist. And Carl's reaction isn't a, no, what are you talking about? It's a, yeah, it's the sound of someone who's like, well, So I know, why couldn't, it, I...
1: in the original conversation when they're talking about the Giants' giant green knob, Yeah, why couldn't Carl just say, you know Giants... Didn't actually exist. Wouldn't that be the exact same thing? Hey, what do you mean? So Steve and Ricky are having this conversation about the practical application of a giant's life. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they're talking yeah. about and the jo- giant green. Knot. And it's ridiculous. And it's they're ridiculous. Joking around. Yeah, and yeah.
1: they're joking around. Why is that different to when Carl says, "Well, how did they get so big?" Because it's too it's too normal. I, it's not exaggerated <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's not. So
0: it's, it's it's talking about tidal waves. So, and giz, so giant is yeah, giants. So it,
1: because it wasn't it wasn't exaggerated enough to the point that it was clear that he was joking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, when Ricky and Steve are doing it, no one thinks that they think that giants might have actually existed. But when Carl does it, people don't know whether he's. It's serious like or someone
0: not. wondering, like, "Wow, how did dinosaurs?" Eat enough to sustain themselves. They're so big. Or how did that? What if they had knee problems? See, it's not like, oh, what a T Rex. How did it scratch its balls with those little arms? Right. Yeah.
1: But I thought Carl's point was pretty good. I was like, they never cover that in Jack and the Giant Beanstalk.
0: Where is he getting his food from? They also never cover what a giant does when it needs to have a wank. So they're both good points. But I think that's a real, that's a real flag in the sand moment there when Steve stops to. Uh, to challenge him on or just to dig a little deeper it was it was great uh, so they also then talk on about Pop Idol again first series spawned all the spin-offs around the world we got Kelly Clarkson Guy Sebastian others <laughs> the overweight guy you this is your first time listening so you won't know this the overweight guy that they keep referring to who Steve very cruelly calls Fatty uh, constantly. Yeah, geez, wasn't that from a different time? I was like, I was like was, did this not get complaints? So the man they're talking about is Rick Waller, who was a finalist in the first series, and his name comes up again and again and again because he then goes on to do Celebrity Fit Club, uh-huh. and Steve really has a problem with him. And, Based
1: on his physical appearance?
0: Uh, his attitude as well, particularly when he goes on to be in Celebrity Fit Club. But he... Constantly talks about how grotesque he finds him. Really? Yeah, it's really it's it's a bit um it's a bit distasteful. Uh, but yeah, listen out for that. (laughs) It it will keep coming up. But um, yeah. So that's the first mention of Brick Waller season one episode four. Mark it down. So um, again, if you have any notes, jump in. I
1: was just uh do I noticed the phone number. In this episode, when they asked uh, someone
0: to call, 087 800 1234. Uh, I mean, 08 800 1234. oh eight seven eight hundred one two three four, uh oh oh eight seven hundred eight hundred one two three. I missed a hundred, but that's that's how much I've listened. I, think, I, I just about know the phone
1: number. I think if we have that's 12, 12 numerals long. <laughs> Does that feel like a abnormally long number to you? For a
0: radio station, which yeah, yeah which can, is meant to be imagine, something easy to
1: remember. Can you imagine driving in your car? Maybe... Well, I guess people weren't... I guess if they didn't have mobile phones... Who was Not calling in? Who calls into these radio people, shows before yeah, mobile phones? Right. They people would have had to be listening at home. at home. Or at work. I guess people... There was an idea when I first got into radio, my boss would always reference people having breakfast listening to the radio in their yep. kitchen. And I was like, does anyone do that? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't think they do.
0: Yeah. I think they do. Okay. I mean, maybe less now nowadays, but uh, but between one and three on a Saturday afternoon. I always think just hanging out that at
1: you can you can gauge how much money a radio station has or how big a radio station is by how easy their number is to remember and how short their digits are. You know, 08, 700, 800, 1, 2, 3, 4. That's double what most are in Australia. I think yeah. the big ones are six digits, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they're always a 13-something-something. Something. Yeah. yeah, and so...
1: That's a lot to remember and oh, yeah. a lot for the announcer to say.
0: Yeah. But now a lot of uh, shows, including the one that I'm a part of, we now have a text line, which is just an old school. Yeah. See, that's come back, mobile. hasn't it, though?
1: Because I
0: remember. <laughs> I love again, it. I, I, I love the text when line.
1: When I was getting into radio 10 years ago, texts were seen as like, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing tweets. Yeah. Like texts are old. And now doing everyone's, doing, space messages. everyone's doing texts again.
0: Yeah. I, I can't. I can't imagine. I don't know, but why they would be unfashionable? Because it's a great way to get in touch with the show, have contributions. Yeah, and it's easy for the announcer yeah, to to fold it in, particularly anchoring. Like yeah. I can just
1: mention that. It's also a really easy one for the announcers to make up.
0: Now, oh, the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was.
1: I was working on this radio show last week. I won't say which one it was, and yeah. um, I didn't know. Yeah, I'll there. tell you about it afterwards. Okay. But there was. Um, the text line was getting heaps of text messages and I was like, man, this is really taking off this segment. And there was a guest in from a big sports team in the city and they're looking at the text line saying the same thing. Like, this is so cool. Look at all these people texting. And then I noticed, I was like, hang on. They were all from the same number. And then in my phone, because I'm just filling in for someone. And in my phone, I'd put the number in and the producer's name came up. <laughs> so the producer's sitting in the next room just firing uh, through. Oh, the
0: producer's listening. Firing through They're all of these different
1: messages. But the funny thing was the announcers obviously didn't know they were fake because one of the announcers kept getting really upset at the text messages saying, why aren't you guys calling? Call in. If you're texting, call in. And I'm like, they can't call in because it's the producer. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they're fake they're wow. not real. and saying. also it was an indicator that they were fake which i should have picked up earlier because everyone was signing off like dave in it's
0: like dave in newmarket and I'm like no one ends a text message like that yeah like. wow that's a behind the scenes for you on the text line um did you hear it there it's around 25 and a half minutes there's like an inside joke between Steve and Ricky where they're talking about the images that conjure Christmas when they're talking about the the, the thank you very much... What are the favourites? favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? No, uh, roses. Roses. The ads and uh, and they say Woolworths, pizza, drink driving and laugh and Ricky says, oh, don't stitch me up. There's a lot of money involved. Did that stand out to you at all?
1: No, I missed that completely. It's you a didn't. little little See?
0: inside reference. Has he been done for drink driving? No. So I, I looked it up and... It's because Ricky was doing a lot of voiceovers for commercials uh-huh. at the time, including ones for Woolworths, obviously a pizza outlet, and for um, yeah. anti-drink driving. Not, uh, not pro-drink driving, I am assuming. <laughs> as a celebrity or as a voiceover artist? As a vo- No, as like just his voice on these ads. But was like, it, Oh, uh, that's Ricky. So they knew it was Ricky. So it was because he was famous. No, I don't think he was saying like, hi, I'm Ricky Gervais, no, don't drink and drive.
1: No, but he wasn't... This is after the office. So it's not as if yeah. he's doing voiceover work as a voiceover artist.
0: No, he, he was being hired yes. because he's they Rick knew Ridge who base. they were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, by the way, you know Carl, that, what a household name Ricky makes him. He did ads voiceovers for ads for like the PSP. <laughs> not weird. So we should. Though <laughs> he's got an uh, a recognisable voice.
1: He has a recognisable brand yeah. and personality. Yeah. I think that's great.
0: I might slip it in right here. Second for the PSP. Raw. The movie review. For, oh, first use of the name The K-Man. Carl for The Carl. K-Man Pilkington. Does that go Is on that Steve, to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later, Ricky uses Carly Pilk Boys, which gave birth to the name of the show. The My Left Foot Review. You love these. I really do Just the ti- the timing and the flow It's just so naturally comedic And he stops doing them really soon after this yeah. Like within a couple I, I, I know we'll find out in episode 5 But he really—he stops doing them out And I miss them Okay <laughs>
1: I'm sorry for your loss Nothing to
0: add uh, Steve brings Carl in Oh so um, I'm just looking at my notes So, Steve Steve brings Carl in again when they start talking about Cliff Richards. This
1: is Carl's uh, market research, which
0: was probably my highlight of the episode. Yeah. The amazing observation, (laughs) the second piece of Carlness in this episode. Well, like when you're born, you're a little baby, you're wrinkly and stuff. When you get older, you sort of morph into a baby again. And I think they made the point here that I think Ricky says that he's
1: combined kind of a, a good observation with... Uh, some weirdness and that, you know, the idea that older people might have some disposable income is a good observation. Yeah. Why but, he's tried to tie it towards, or the two, the two groups might be older people have disposable income and young people have disposable income. Why he's tried to link the physical
0: appearance <laughs> to those two things. I don't know. That's, um that's, that's one of my key phrases for the week is Ricky saying you mix normal things that human beings say with, I don't know what. <laughs> right. There you go. And so, His idea was that
1: he there was some surprise that there was market for
0: Keith Richards. No, Uh, not Keith Richards. Cliff Richards. Cliff Richards. Yeah, doing mixing up covers.
1: I don't. I don't know who Cliff Richards is. I don't think. Uh, like it's a name I know. English crooner type. Because they seem quite like they don't like him. No They kind of You know The fact that What This is before the term Humble
0: brag Oh my been. god I can't believe you said that That is my next note oh, Yeah go Please go on Because he
1: says What does he say It's a It's not a bad term That Ricky uses He says it's like A disguised brag I
0: think Yes he says. Is, he says I wrote it down
1: Um, A
0: disguised boast Boast which is a very English way of saying humble brag, isn't it? <laughs> disguised boast. Well, because in 2010, the comedian Harris Whittles coined the phrase humble brag. And guess who was a major perpetrator of humble bragging online? <gasps> Ricky! Big time. Wow. And that, I think, is the difference between Ricky then and ah, Ricky. So
1: he's really critical of a celebrity doing a disguised boast, a humble brag. Yeah. Where. Uh, then what? Ten years later, he's guilty he, of the very same thing. He's guilty of it. Do you have any examples there that you could? Yeah. Throw him under so with?
0: in 2012, so humble brag is the act of boasting about one's life, then downplaying it. So in 2012, this is a tweet from Ricky. Just went to a function at the House of Lords, then popped into the Ivy. No one suspects. I used to regularly wake up with my own wee and wake up in my own wee and vomit. Mm it's kind of about the intent isn't it that's what you have you think like well what was the point of this was it to it wasn't that you'd be into these fancy places it was yeah to, to to tell everyone that you used to wake up covered in your own piss and vomit no it was to tell everyone hey look i went to the house of lords in this very exclusive restaurant so then jump forward five years to 2017 and this is like it's worse it is it's not actually no yeah this is a humble break in 2017 Number one radio show, record-breaking world tour, Netflix special, network game show, producing two animated movies, writing new sitcom. Jane just called me a fat lump. Jane's his partner of forever. So... Isn't that gross? That's just... Yuck. I've
1: never seen, as a side note, someone love someone so much and then go so against them. That they, the, the pendulum that you swing between this of early Ricky versus your distaste for later
0: Ricky. Oh, I don't know. He is just... he's a big swing. He, he lost the common touch and he, it's just it, no longer funny. It's hard. This is... Which happens know. to most comedians, by the way. What? When they... They are. eventually become not funny. Because of fame and money? Uh, well, maybe... Well, because I wonder. And there are plenty of examples that prove that that's not true. Dave Chappelle, Norm MacDonald, still hilarious. Do you think it's because, so like the office,
1: for example, it was such a reflection of everyone's experience working in an office? And he drew on, if he's in his late 30s, he's drawn on 10 plus years of working in an office to make those observations. But what's he drawing on 20, 30 years later when he's living, you know, the life? That he's afforded by being so successful. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, is, he, is he not? Does he is he not having those relatable experiences to to draw on? Is that where the disconnection is?
0: I I, I think it's a, uh, his the attitude towards it's like believing his own hype. Right. Suddenly, eventually, took over. You know, like when they're talking about the boxing thing. And Steve's roasting him about having a personal trainer. They say, like, oh, Ricky's actually mm-hmm. gone red. He's embarrassed. Yes. I don't think that dynamic that existed
1: in that exchange would actually even be possible with Ricky anymore.
0: No. It just... it, it, it It's just... Yeah. And then if you look at his Twitter now, I did watch... Like, he did do this live thing, which went for half an hour, which I watched a bit of, and it was, like... It was it was good. It was... Like,
1: <laughs> so, it's not, I still it's ha- not outside I, of his abilities to be good in your
0: own... I still have a lot of... a. F- all the things I find distasteful, I still have love for Ricky Gervais. So, so I, I, I want to be one back. As
1: a creative person, right, as a creative practitioner, someone who makes things, how could you avoid in your eyes? If you say that eventually everyone becomes unfunny, do all bands
0: become, do they stop? Do you think all
1: bands music becomes worse over time? I think
0: that's so demonstrable that that is 100% true no matter where you look. Okay, so in every creative field, you just get worse from your first mm. thing or one of your first things. I think there is a point where you hit a sweet spot, at the apex of your ability yeah. and your life experience, yeah. and the one thing that you need to say is said. Is said. And then what? You, what you, should
1: you do after that, though?
0: I don't know. <laughs> That's, you, you know who's got it right? Who? Quentin Tarantino. What He's said? planned it out. He planned out his career. He's going to make ten films, and that's it. How many has he done? Nine. He's up to his last one, I think. Yes, yeah, that's right. But you know, look, look at, look at um, George Lucas, Mm. Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, Indiana Jones, based on you know the 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 novels and kids' TV shows he used to watch. Mm. What's he done since then? Yeah, but he peaked.
1: Yeah oasis but okay but he peaked but he also <laughs> i guess he made the prequels didn't he i was going to say he didn't try <laughs> yes. to do anything after that but
0: he did so no, i don't know and of course people can point to things i think you have to reinvent but yourself how about how about there that? you go how That's about it. eddie murphy quitting stand-up
1: what was that in the 80s and i'm not really familiar with eddie murphy's stand-up but it's spoken about as if he's one of the greatest ever he stopped and everyone's like so this is the reverse. Everyone's like, why
0: did you stop? Perfect. Come
1: back, come back. But everyone, so you're saying that's what he should have done. Yeah, And just yeah, let
0: everyone. Always leave him wanting and, more. So
1: just let everyone go what could have been over the last 20 years. Don't you, so you just think it would have been impossible for the last 20 years or 30 years to be good of his stand-up? So don't do it. Just go no, out saying, when you no, think you're been, on
0: high. No, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been good. You know who's nailed it? Dave Chappelle. Where he, because he disappeared when he was at his At the peak. height of his powers, yeah. he took a stand yeah. and disappeared for 10 years. And then comes back and then something. And then has come back as this, like...
1: Doing something a bit different.
0: ...great comedic orator. Right. right. Um, with these Netflix specials. Okay. There you go. Okay. Reinvented himself. Okay, so you, to stay fresh, you have to do something different. But you
1: don't think Ricky's done that?
0: No. Okay. It seems
1: ed- personal for you. Did have you Did you have a brush with Ricky in the
0: street? No. where He,
1: he, he refused I, to... I,
0: I once emailed his... Uh, I got IMDb Pro a trial. Okay. And... Because it tells you their agent details. Oh. And I, and did, I, you, emailed, did you get I, it for that reason? Yeah, yeah. I emailed his agent saying... Uh, asking for an interview. This was... This was 10 years ago. Yeah. And the email started, I know this is a long shot. And... Um, I got a response, mm. which I was proud of, but and it was it's, just saying no, it's not going to happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, look, I'll finish up on this point because I, you know, I don't want to heap on no how much I don't because this is a celebration of these shows.
1: It's a celebration of the show. It's Meant to be light hearted. Occasionally divulge into the nature of creative careers.
0: Yeah. And look, how to go out on top. If if you look at just look at Ricky Gervais' Twitter now, he is only retweeting compliments about uh, his show Afterlife. life and tweeting things like Thanks for all your wonderful tweets about hashtag afterlife still flooding in after all this time. Heartwarming. So yeah uh, but it I agreed that it's like without any desperate. context that is
1: that does seem But I've been in positions where you have to promote things and it's like if you I guess maybe the difference with him is like maybe he doesn't need to promote it. I don't know. I just feel like that there is a balance between like my cynicism at seeing people promote things and then realizing that there's a reality to having to promote things.
0: Do True? You, do you feel like that? Yeah. <laughs> um key phrases you mix normal things that humans human beings say with I don't know what. That's one. And uh, oh, and Steve says, and now it's almost like Carl is a third member of the team. And they reference,
1: which I thought was interesting, that he had been told previously not to speak.
0: Yes, which I and thought Ricky is says a, he's protected by me.
1: Yes, which I thought was a perfect example of uh radio boss's contribution (laughs) is telling someone in the room this is different and scary
0: shut it down
1: yeah and it's like well you would have missed out on
0: what the best part of the show was do you know who's nailed their career carl pilkington yeah everyone wants them to do more podcasts but he refuses to do it and ricky to his credit also says it's not a good idea here's what i'm wondering about that though
1: what happens if you like doing podcasts? What are you meant to do?
0: Well, Ricky has done a new. He's got a new podcast with a philosopher. But if you're Carl, so I'm saying, okay, so let's take uh, who's stuffed
1: it up, Ricky. So if he likes, <laughs> if he likes making TV, what is he meant to do?
0: And if he's going you know, to TV. make TV and uh, make TV, and then then nobody's like me sitting in a microphone at a kitchen table. It is, I am well within my rights to say, not a fan. No, no, that's okay. That's
1: okay. I'm not criticizing you, but I'm saying like, what would be the ideal path? Because you're saying, can you do it without disappearing? Because sometimes I, with Chappelle, I imagine he likes doing stand-up. So
0: do, does he have to not do the thing he likes for 10 no, He just goes and does stand-up, but doesn't film it.
1: Right. So it becomes a bit of a... Um, it becomes a bit of an underground thing. I like
0: that idea yeah. where it's just like you've got to see him live. Well, that's what was so cool about Prince is he, you know, come to Australia and do these tours, but then there'd be oh, he also does these like secret unannounced shows in little bars. Yeah. I saw do you know the UK comedian Daniel Kitson? Yes. There you go. I remember he s- will never not be cool because yeah. he refuses to Publicize he, I
1: remember him saying that people would get angry at him that he wouldn't record his shows. And his rationale was he blamed the year-round availability of Peaches for the expectation that the audience have that they can have whatever they want whenever they want it. And um, he said, well, he's, people would email him and say, you know, I, I can't get to one of your shows, but I still want to enjoy it. And he just says, oh, well,
0: that's your problem, <laughs> <Beautiful>. not mine. <laughs> Beautiful. So you like that. I think there's something that's like because it's so different, but, but, but from the from the accepted norm, yeah. Which is so Ricky started out
1: subverting expectations and doing something totally different, and you feel like these days he's reversed that and now just is, is, is it's too mainstream.
0: And no, and and it's in it's and it's the it's the like believing his shit doesn't stink to yeah. put it crudely yeah. that's it's that like this arrogance mm.
1: and that concludes the new segment on the podcast <laughs> dave unpacks his complicated feelings about Gervais. <laughs> god i love these shows what, what was your favorite bit uh yeah definitely carl's market research the similarities between babies and old people
0: like when you're born you're a little baby wrinkly and stuff when you get older you, you sort of morph into a baby again and you go through the same phases. So when you're young, you buy singles, you get old, you've got nothing to do all day, you've got all your pension money, what will I buy, Cliff Richard's on the telly, here's my video, buy me song. You see, that started off as quite a sensible point, because I actually think i do it. But what was all that alien stuff <laughs> about when you're born, you go wrinkly, and you go wrinkly again, so... Sometimes you mix, like, normal things that human beings say with I don't know what. Alright, season one, episode four, done. We'll be back next week with Season 1, Episode 5. Bye. Uh, get in touch, Pod at gmail.com. Tell me I'm wrong about Afterlife. Tell me why it's the greatest show ever. All right, see ya. Oh, I don't like moaning anyway, just... <laughs> <laughs>